Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Breed O'Donovan, and today I'm joined with Ruth Medjber. Welcome, Ruth. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, thank you for having us, because we're in your studio here yeah. in, I don't know what area of Dublin this is. We're in Kilmainham. We're in Dublin Kilmainham, yeah. Dublin 8. Ruth is a photographer here in Dublin and she has this amazing exhibition in 34, which is in Portobello. Is that right? Yeah. Would you call that only... Port- Portobello? I'm still getting used to all these areas in Dublin. Yeah, that's Portobello. It's Dublin cool. 8 as well. Is it? <laughs> yeah, we didn't How really move it? far. Um, okay, never mind. Dublin 8's massive. Yeah. You, and it has a massive. <laughs> you don't really think it's that. It's it's huge. I think we're just clinging on to Dublin 8 here in Kilmainham, but uh, oh. Portobello is, is really nice. It's really part of it. I think it's Dublin 8 anyway. Maybe I'm wrong. It just feels it like it should so be big. Dublin 8. Or maybe I'm just, yeah, my geography isn't great. Um, so your exhibition is with uh, Louise Bruton, who's a journalist here in Dublin yeah. as well. Um, and it's called Women of Note. Yeah. Um, so would you like to tell us a little about it? Yeah, sure. Well, basically, I'm a music photographer. So what it is, it features musicians, female Irish musicians. I guess the key word there is female. Um, so what I've just done is approached a load of amazing kick-ass women who work as musicians this round and asked them all to pose for me in my studio. So everyone said, yeah, which is brilliant. And then we took the amount of women that we could possibly fit and did individual portraits and the portraits are a collaborative effort between me and the artist in that the whole idea behind each shoot is that they are a representation of that woman's music so of her style of her personality how she looks how she wants to look Um, And then with that, what you get is a collection of images that all look completely different to each other. Because, of course, all their music is completely different. We've gone from every genre to every stage of their career. So there's there's women that are featured that are really just starting out, you know, starting their careers, starting off in the industry. And then there's women that have been at it for like 30 or 40 years. So everybody's fairly represented. And then we've got... Singers who will be, you know, quite folky, harmonized vocals. And then we've got some hip hop represented and then some out and out rock stars. So there's everybody really. It's a, it's just kind of a cross segment of the female musicians that are in Ireland today. Yeah, totally. Um, and where did the idea come from? Did it come with, I don't know, like a dream? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess the point of this show is that it is a response to International Women's Day. You know, it was important for me to launch this part of the project around International Women's Day to as a celebration of all the women that we've got going on. And the idea came from, it was actually a year ago. This is how bad I am at actually doing projects because I have these ideas and then it takes me a year to actually go and do it. So it was a year ago, 2015, and I was sitting in a car park listening to the radio, waiting to photograph a band. And I was on the job for NME And I kind of thought to myself, they were chatting on the radio about International Women's Day and Claire Beck was discussing the fact that, you know, what people do with festival headline posters where they black out all the, you know, the men and they just leave the women and it's only like 10% women. I was thinking, oh my God, that's so right. I thought to myself, I'm here on the job for an international magazine. Anytime I've shot for an international magazine, I've shot men. It's only been men. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I've been doing this for for so long. I've been doing it professionally for about 12 years. And the majority, I'd say at least 90% of the acts that I shoot for for publications are men. I was thinking, that's not really fair because I know just being in the scene and going to gigs and going to festivals and having all of my mates work in music, that that's not true. It's not 90% men out there. Women are doing this job. Women are musicians and women are awesome at it. There's some really good, talented women. So I just thought, it's going wrong somewhere. They're not getting the representation that they deserve. So why don't I just do it myself? And Absolutely. They, yeah, they always say, you know, work with what you know, write about what you know, shoot about what you know. Well, I'm lucky enough that I love music. I might not know how to play it, but I love it. <laughs> And, and, you know, obviously I'm a woman, so I just thought, yeah, perfect. Let me just do a whole project, surround myself with these awesome women for as long as I need to, and I'll just shoot it. And you're taking such a positive turn at it. And I think, like, as important it is to put up those um, posts and, like, highlight how, you know, little w- women are, like, headlining festivals yeah. or appearing at them, 
you know, that's quite a negative spin on it. And I understand that that needs to happen, that you need to highlight these issues, but it's not very proactive. And I think what you're doing is quite proactive. You're doing something, you know, to highlight the women, to make them the, the like, the focus of it. Yeah. It's, it's not just saying you know, the complete opposite. So well, we're not, we're not here to complain. We're not saying, yeah, Oh, totally. we're not getting a fair look at things and not doing anything about it. We're not, we're ever, I think there's a, initially when people started this discussion a few years ago about women in the music industry, it was quite negative because people were angry, but I think now people have realized that, yeah, this problem exists, but let's do something about it. And by all means, I mean, I do call this a celebration of women because it's nothing but that it's not us complaining and us whinging and us moaning. It's like, Oh, and we're not, not trying to all stick together to you know to to get the boys out of the industry no it's there's room enough for everybody I'm just trying to fix what was a little bit of an imbalance in between the the, the media's representation and for me it is as much a personal project as a cause I'm enjoying this and I'm I'm doing this because I want to do it and that's at the end of it if nobody else was interested in this project that's fine I'm still doing it because I love doing it brilliant um and I suppose with Louise's um part in all this how does that come about as as well like as in and what is I suppose the importance of having text accompanying the images because that's how the exhibition is, is laid out there's text with every image yeah um so yeah explain like I suppose why why you thought that was good I love captions I love marrying text with image in you know, I've done it a lot in my work um I don't know, maybe it's just from my, my art background from, from doing photography in school, or, or but I've always done it. So for this project, I thought it would be really important to hear the women's voice, not only visually, but also through text. Because I am aware that people will look at photographs and just make up their own kind of like, their own opinion of what the women are trying to say with the image. And I wanted to be super clear about things. And I just, it gives it another dimension. It gives it a bit of depth to it. So luckily enough, I know a lot of journalists and a lot of them are women. So I had so many to choose from who I, who would want to be part of this. But I was thinking about a recent article that Louise had written in which she describes Hosier in the same language that journalists usually use to describe female musicians. Like, oh, he flounced on stage yeah. and is, you know, describing his age and, you know, the way he moves. Nothing yeah. about the music. Yeah. So I thought, oh, here, I'm going to ring Louise and see. I think this is going to be right up her street. And yeah, of course, she just said yes instantly. She was like, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. And I think everybody's wanted to be involved in this project instantly. Every single, Louise and I got together shortly after that phone call and we said, first things first, let's get a list together of all the women that we'd imagine being in this project. So we both drew up about 20 names and they were pretty much the exact same names. And we approached everyone on our list we sent an email to that day and every single person came back and said yes brilliant instantly like That's you know great. sometimes you approach a band about an idea and they want to do it or it might be like you know they're paying you to do a photo shoot and it takes them like six weeks to respond to your email these people got back to us in six minutes you know people that have just got off stage like just read this i'm too busy to respond but yes i think once we got those emails back we're like okay well this is big this might be bigger than one exhibition and it's turned out to be a lot bigger than one exhibition we've developed the idea not only just me and louise but we've had some really help like with consultancy and all the women that we've talked to have all given us ideas and it's now going on to be a year-long project so I mean we we may have bitten off more than we can chew <laughs> we may be slightly regretting this but this project is going to take over our life for an entire year yeah yeah that's great I'm excited as a as a like as a bystander, bystander that doesn't have to do anything <laughs> um, yeah no we're still we're still really good and the, the exhibition launched um last week and it was such an amazing overwhelming positive turnout that it's kind of given me a second uh, a second wind to keep going with the project because you know I've I was so involved with it for five weeks shooting it non-stop and you know you'd, you'd finish up late at night shooting one woman and the next woman be in the next morning and you were I you know I wasn't sleeping <laughs> that kind of thing there was just so much to organize that you kind of lose sight of why you're doing it and it just becomes a bit overwhelming and then 
kind of took a step back. I was like, okay, no, I remember why I'm doing this now because we need yeah. to do it and people totally. are really interested. So we're going for it. Brilliant. <laughs> um, also like with, um, I noticed with like Make's, um shoot that there was, you also showcased the work of um, a young designer as well from NCAD, wasn't it? Yeah, um, Sarah O'Neill. Yeah, she's in the National College of Art and Design. And that's um, great. It's like it coming kind of full circle. That yeah. she, like, you know, it's like you're yourself, the designer, the, the artist, like all women working on this one project as well. Yeah, like, 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 I think that's quite nice. I know that. I, yeah, I just like that. <laughs> I wanted to put a call out to people because it is such a big project and when you're running something like this and the images needed to be really different that it's you need help you know they're they're bigger than just me on a shoot I need to make them look interesting and the best way to do that is to work with other people to collaborate so we just approached everybody so all sorts of fashion designers and things and it was just Sarah's coat that caught my eye and I I sent it straight on to Mary Kate and I was like Mary Kate check this out she's like I love it it's yeah. me I love so it it's, her. it's silver it's, and it's mad and then I was like oh my god do you know what I have a smoke machine ah. <laughs> so we just got of a bit course. crazy and then she's not the only one um we showcased some Irish stores in there as well. So like Nine Crows gave us some clothes and Folkster gave us some clothes as well. The outfit, the full outfit that Sorka is wearing, that amazing fishtailed glittery yeah. thing that, I could, <laughs> Whatever it that is. I could never pull off. Sorka nails it. Yeah. Um, so that's from Folkster. And then also the headpiece that yeah. Sorka is wearing, that's actually um, a fantastic Irish milliner, um, Laura Kinsella, who has her studio in the basement of the exhibition space so we have kept it really nice and tight brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> we didn't look far for anything really <laughs> pretty much you know Dublin's outside done <laughs> yeah that sounds amazing and what was fantastic as well was that I think you told me on the day of the choice mm. that you had just photographed Soak and then she went on to win the fucking thing she won <laughs> sorry I'm sorry but what like what yeah. a great outcome as well like because I think people like kind of give out as well about how like women don't always come up for awards or win things and it's just a great thing for the project and obviously for Soak in fact she's so young she's young she's talented she's brave so much promise she's there she's like. so smart and she's so you know she, she told me like a little story here about how um when we were shooting she was just we were just in conversation she was like oh the you know the people the her managers or whatever wanted her to do this cover and she was just like I'm not doing it <laughs> I was like yes I like seeing how strong people can be these days and go I don't have to do that therefore I won't because I know what's best for my image I'm going to take your advice on board but at the end of it I'm going to do what's best for the you know for me yeah so so just so it's like you're so young but you're exactly. so assertive and in control of everything that's amazing yeah you know gone are the days where we had little, you know, manufactured pop bands being shoved in our face. And that was that was what we were given as an option for. I know what it was when I was young and I was like, you know, Bewitched were big. <laughs> and I can't ever imagine Bewitched saying, no, we're not doing that cover. Sorry. You're going to the double denim. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not doing that. We have to project our image. But we've come to a stage now where women are strong enough, songwriters and just absolute superstars that they can say, no, I know what's best for me. And look at her. She's done so well. Leading won, by example. Won the Choice Awards. And she's the first woman to win it in a long while. Yeah, I'm so happy for her. But she came in that day. She's dedicated. She she works so hard that she was another one that wanted to be part of the project and probably didn't even read past the first sentence of the email because when she arrived, she was like kind of forgotten what this is <laughs> like, it's cool <laughs> don't worry I'll explain it um so she came in to do I picked her up from soundcheck and um brought her back down here and we're only we're really close to Vicker Street anyway so it's fine so I brought her back down and I had all these ideas laid out and then I had this crazy construction in the corner that I just put together a couple hours beforehand that's just like oh that's just an idea I'm messing with with these hands and she was like I like it <laughs> I was like do you want it she's like yes <laughs> it's like, oh, amazing I love it's, it when people yeah. get weird with me <laughs> 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 so we just put her in a load of hands you it's know such when, a strong image it yeah, just looks great because she's being grabbed from every aspect right now and there's nothing more apparent than that after the choice in, in the best possible way after choice because she'd won the award and we were all upstairs um 
everyone's just having the laugh that's choice do and everyone's pulling at her congratulations bridie well done da, da, da. she's just getting it from every angle but she still maintains her composure so strong and i'm just looking at her going you are gonna take over the world you're totally. amazing yeah she knows what she's about and she was there on the night with all of her friends I'm like yeah. that's perfect that's what yeah. you want so chilled out yeah so happy for her um so I suppose, like, when you were doing the shoots, was Louise there kind of with you doing the interviews at the same time? Did it all happen kind of together? Yeah, so we'd sit here on this couch and we'd all chat to the women. And it was really interesting for me to, to watch because I invited them. Before, I guess I should say, before they came to the studio, I, I if I didn't know the women personally... So some of some people in the project I'd know personally, like Meike and Sorka, we'd be friends and I'd know them anyway, just through work. But um, there's a couple of women I hadn't actually met before. So I hadn't met Wyvern Ningo and I hadn't, you know, there's a, a few people like that. So in order for me to get to know them and get to know a sense of them, the true sense of them, because you get a media representation, you don't really normally get what they want to put out there. I'd send them this like little questionnaire, like a little jokey kind of questionnaire about... Um, you know, send me some shoots that you've had that you've loved, send me some that you hate, send me send me your top five Google images, you know, if, you know, and I'd ask them like, you know, how chilled do they want the photographer to be on the day? Do they want me to take the lead and shoot as I want or do they want to be a collaboration? And it's this whole big questionnaire. Some of it was ridiculous and some of it was serious. It's just so I could get a feel for them. And everyone sent back mad answers, which was brilliant. And loads of links and people did mood boards and Pinterest. And <laughs> I was like, okay. So w- once I got that questionnaire back, I had a proper sense of who these people were. Obviously, I picked all the women because I liked their tunes. There's no one actually in the show that I wouldn't sit there and listen to. You know, I made a playlist for the exhibition launch featuring all their music. And it's been like on the go ever since. I haven't stopped listening to it. So... Once I had an idea about them, about everything, then I'd start hashing through ideas and pulling inspiration and sending them back. So by the time they arrived on the day, I already had about two or three ideas in my head of how I wanted to shoot them. Then Louise would start talking to them. So ordinarily, we'd sit down here, we'd get the kettle on, Louise would do the interview, I'd be kind of messing around with lights, uh, the girls would be doing their makeup, getting ready, and then... I'd be kind of eavesdropping almost on the conversation to hear um, some of the things that they might have prepared to say to Lou. Um, So like Sinead White, for example, she was the first person to be shot in the project. And I think I just put the idea out for the shoot and she came back straight away. I was like, okay, I've actually only got four weeks to shoot this. Let's go now. And so the next day we had Sinead in the studio. I was like, "Uh oh, I'm not really prepared. Oh no. So totally winged it. But she had mentioned this great story on the couch and it's actually quoted as one of the pieces now in the exhibition about aggression, about how some dude she was supporting called her aggressive and da, da 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 And it was that word aggression that stuck with me because I know her. I'd seen her play a few times and she's everything but ag- aggressive. She's charismatic. She's a dote. She's quick-witted and super sharp. She's just, she's great. You know, she's cheeky. She's not aggressive though. So I think that's a common misrepresentation that women get called things but men wouldn't get called it absolutely i get called bossy left right and center and i'm i know that there's photographers out there that are way more bossier than i am but they they never get called bossy it's just a big difference between being assertive and being bossy and yeah i mean i have to be bossy i run my own business you know i've got people working for me i need to be bossy (laughs) but you know people say it as if it's an insult oh you're too bossy i'm like go away (laughs) but but, so sinead arrived and i was kind of not really prepared for her shoot and as soon as she mentioned that line I knew what I wanted from her so we got her screaming it was brilliant we had it she initially was wearing this gorgeous pink lipstick I was like no (laughs) who's that lipstick for it's not for us get rid of that so she smeared it all over her face and I was like okay let's do a response to your man that called you aggressive there we go that's the image that was it so that that's kind of how a lot of the shoots kind of happened whether yeah. it was initially it was, a, it was a direct response to what they were saying to louise or it was just we had me and the acts had planned the shoots beforehand so you know with heathers we'd planned that that collage i love that image yeah thanks so yeah a few of them wyvern lingo was really weird actually because i hadn't met them and they came they arrived and i'd only you know i'd only know them through the questionnaire and through following their twitters and stuff and 
um Quiva said oh there's this really cool image by someone and she's like it's kind of like this that and the other and I had been out that morning and I'd bought loads of gel filters because there's something I wanted to try and I explained it to her and she explained it to me and we were doing the exact same thing I was like wow that's cool that might mean I actually get you guys <laughs> so they were really happy with it and I was really happy so it's it's all about just making sure that their individual styles are represented. I Absolutely. never, I didn't want anyone to walk up to the show and look at themselves on the wall and go, I don't know who that is. Yeah. So hopefully they all like it. <laughs> I'm <Ooh>. sure they do. <laughs> um, as you were eavesdropping on um, Louise's com- conversations with the musicians, did you like notice any kind of clear difference between us? Those kind of like the the kind of older musicians versus the younger musicians and their experiences within the industry, the music industry as females, as women? I think um, what's common between them all is that they didn't really see themselves as being any different. So, you know, people are like, oh, what's it like being a woman in the industry? And they're just like, no, I'm just a musician. So I think that's kind of, that's kind of a key thing for people to note that if you want to work in the industry, if you want to be a musician or you want to be a guitar tech or a sound engineer or you want to work in booking or promoting or if you want to be a photographer, don't start seeing yourself as being a woman or being a female photographer. You're just a photographer. You're just a musician. Once you don't see the difference, no one else will see the difference. And I think that was that was what's common between everybody that was sitting on the couch and telling their stories. I mean, sure, Mary Black was saying that she always invited women to be in her band because there wasn't a lot of women back then. And so she was like, so sometimes we're all male, but she was very much, that's why she started where they, they did a woman's heart was that it was nice for all the, the women to get together and say, no, we can do this. And it was like this sense of camaraderie as yeah. previously there might've been a bit of a notion that women, when they grouped together, they could get a bit bitchy and backbitey, but she's like, that's not, we're all helping each other. And that's the only, and she made a good point in saying that it's the only way you'll actually succeed is if you just help each other, you don't climb up the back of another woman to get where you want to go. If you get somewhere and you're there, hold the door open and let everyone else in. So I was like, that's, that's amazing. So, I mean, maybe it is that kind of buzz that we're all that we can do this now that there is so many great female young Irish musicians because of the a woman's heart generation that was like yeah. oh these women can do it I mean like like Ireland today must be so different to the Ireland that like say when Mary Black was starting out yeah. like she must have she must have experienced there must be such a change in like the lifespan of her career like from where it started to where yeah. it is now like, it must be yeah I think it's really interesting um, but I wanted to, I suppose, leave this exhibition for a little bit and find out a little bit more about you. No. <laughs> I am just my exhibition. There's, no, there's nothing left no, of Ruth. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so tell us all how you kind of, I suppose, fell into photography, perhaps, and also music and mm. also, you know, how they came together. Yeah, I never knew music photography was a job until like not long ago. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, okay, so I guess it goes back to dad. Dad used to sell camera equipment. And when I was really young, before I started school, it was cheaper just to put me in the car with all the gear and drive around Ireland than it was to put me into childcare. So I got driven to Cork and to Galway and put on a stool in a in a camera store and given a blower brush to play with and you know I'd just sit there for hours I was a really quiet and shy child and I'd just play with camera equipment and that was it really it stuck with me so I was forever going around the house doing mad little projects on my 35 millimeter camera like there was like the whole project I did um on light switches <laughs> it's really weird so whatever room I was in my parents they must have been so sick of me I was just taking pictures of light switches and dad used to have to go get them processed and they'd be like what are you doing like four they're years not old. my photographs yeah. I swear yeah no, he must have been mortified um but I think it was because like all his mates used to process the film for free that I could get away with doing mad stuff like that it's like there's a whole series I find all these boxes of photos so there's a series like of feet so like everyone's feet and and then a series of like toilet covers. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kind of, uh, every Christmas he'd give me a new little camera, you know, film cameras aren't expensive back then, yeah. you know, the little point and click ones. So he used to get mad stuff. And then 
when it came time to to pick a college course and that kind of stuff, I was already mad into it. I was just, it was the only thing. I was always the one with the camera when I was, you know, on school tours and everything it was my job. I kind of assigned myself to be yeah. the photographer. And then literally the degree course was the only thing I put on my CAO application because it's the only thing I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, and luckily enough, I got it. And then that was it really. And I was always into music. Well, never played it but I was into listening to it an yeah. awful lot I was big into tunes and I was one of those scaldy little kids that hung around the Temple Bar Music Centre and Central Bank when I was about 14 <laughs> um yeah and that just that gives you an insight into music when you're a kid and then I started working when I was really young I was 14 for a record label called Treasure Island Records Amazing. um yeah and we'd uh, put on these gigs it was like four kids by kids called Blast this is ages ago yeah um, we had blast and cork <laughs> yeah and we used to bring it around we were when we brought yeah. blast and cork we brought it to the forum in waterford to bundur and it went everywhere and with like a load of dublin teenagers in tow um that's great for like young people to like do that it was brilliant it was really and there's a lot of bands that i work with now who are signed to major record labels and who are in some of the best bands coming out of ireland and they all started in little blast bands and i could name wow. names here but <laughs> <laughs> name names <laughs> but some of like there's like there's a band i took my first like band promo photo i took when i was 14 on 30. wow you started so young yeah that's amazing Sorry. so the first band promo photo i took when i was 14 is of a band um that went on to sign to emi ireland and then they went on and i've been i was their phot photographer for 12 years <laughs> that's class weird isn't it but i still have that picture you're like you know i suppose when you are doing a band shoot so much of the product um of that shoot is your relationship with them and how comfortable they do yeah. feel around you so it does make sense that you do work with a band and continue to like work, work oh with yeah them I as think it's grow. important for a band that once you find a photographer that actually captures your style to keep them keep them happy and keep them sweet and keep them on your books so I I'm lucky enough that I do have a bunch of bands that that stick with me it must I be challenging to like um continually do like those promo shots for a band and mm. you know keep in touch with like their sound and their look and represent them well but also you know challenge yourself creatively yeah. every time well the good thing though about working with a band for like 12 years is that their sound evolves you know if they're constantly bringing out different records the records are going to sound different and the bands will change their look a lot as yeah, well or my, I might even kind of give a little note kind of going maybe you should drop this and this and just look a little, little, you know, but it's always a collaborative effort. And I think, um, I think the fact that I like all the bands that I work with, like the music, so that kind of, that's Helps. handy, you know, it doesn't make me, my skin crawl. And so, yeah. so yeah, it's very important. It's like picking any kind of photographer. It's like picking your wedding photographer. You should pick someone that you actually get along with, not just some randomer that's going to turn up on your day. So pick a photographer that you get along with by all means that suits your style um the creative process that you went through like you were saying with um women of note um asking bands to fill out the questionnaire mm. and send you like examples of photographs that they like of themselves and don't like yeah. is that something that you do regularly with bands yeah or how how do you approach a shoot especially with a band that maybe you you don't know and you've never shot uh before yeah, so there's, there is loads of bands that I don't know and that are just arrive in my inbox kind of going, hey, it's all your work, I'm going to do a shoot with you. I'm like, okay, cool. So the first thing is um, send me links to tunes because I need to hear the music because if I don't think that will gel well, if that their characteristics and my characteristics will work together, then I'll point them in the direction of someone else because it's very much, I, I have a style, even though I try to match my style to other people as much as I can, I know that there is times where I'm like, I just don't like that music. And then I think that's not very fair of me to to book them in for a photo shoot and I don't actually like their music. I don't think, you know, whereas there's other other photographers out there that might really love their music and be more passionate about the shoot, whereas I'm just doing it for like the money or just phoning it in. So I'd, I'd pass it off. But if, but most of the time I've got a pretty eclectic ear. I like a lot of tunes. So I can um, I listen to their tunes and then I'll get them to send me maybe a few words about what they are stylistically 
and then most of the time they'll ignore all those emails and just turn up on the day anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So really, like, you, there's two types of bands. There's the bands that are on at you constantly and will work with you and they'll, they'll come to you even with an idea. It's like, oh, we have this idea of being shot in a snowy field up the mountains and there's reindeer and da, da, da. And you're like, cool, I love this. You've thought about the visual, awesome. And then there's bands that just ring the doorbell and like, hey, we're here. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, we have nothing. <laughs> so I am in the studio. I have props, 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 props. So much stuff to bring out. Like, So when a band comes in, like today, like where I, I didn't really know a lot about the artist, but I know their music and I already had an idea in my head of what like what section of my props cabinet would work and then when when she got here I was like okay so here's some ideas what do you like and she's like I love this so like, cool and then you just work with it so half of it's winging it when when you don't get a lot of feedback from the band it's winging it but it's always trying to match their tunes to what's in front of you because if you go and if you shoot a band the way you want to shoot them but not necessarily how they want to be shot they won't use the pictures at all they, they'll use them for the first round of press and that's it if you do a really good job and the band loves the photos not only will they come back to you for the next one but they will use those images to the death and that's what you want when you're a photographer you want your images to be on an album cover on a poster and you want them to be recirculated year after year after year so that's great um i want to ask you a little bit as well about when you left college mm-hmm. uh you studied here in dublin didn't you yeah um how did you make it work for yourself leaving college leaving the security net of college and finding your way in the world as a professional photographer college wasn't a security net college was hell really oh well college wasn't that great for me either but I kind of felt like it as a cushion that you don't have to think about the real world because you're Uh, a student I think I was so just anxious and ready to get out to the real world that I thought college held me back I hated it because wow. I was in the I was, <laughs> I was in DIT in Temple Bar, which is right in the middle of everything. So you've got all these amazing gigs, and you know, I'm constantly surrounded by music magazines and fashion magazines, and it just felt like the whole world was doing stuff. And I was in college doing a little project. I was like, oh my god, no, I want to be out there now. So when I was in third year, it was a four year degree. Um, when I was in third year, I contacted Hot Press magazine. We had, was it some guidance? Yeah, some guidance counsellor came into us from the main campus in DIT. Came all the way down to our pokey little building in Temple Bar, which no one else visited. People didn't even know it existed. Like, So this guy, careers guidance teacher came down and he was like, spoke to our class. He was like, I'm really sorry. I'm going to put my hands up here and say, I have no idea what you're doing, what photography is. He goes, you're all artists. I have no clue. He's like, the closest I've ever gotten to a photographer is once I met this photographer who was like the the photo editor of hot press so that's i have no idea what to tell you guys i'm really sorry so kind of because he was he thought he was speaking to a bunch of fine art photographers who were going to go off and get grants and you know do a fine art stuff and here's me going oh man he knows the guy from hot press (laughs) so i went over to him at the end of that lecture i was like hey can i have his email so yeah he gave me graham keogh's email and then I emailed Graham, I emailed the photo editor of Hopper. So I was like, hey, I got your email. Um, I prepared this little mini portfolio for you. I'd love to come and work for Hopper. It's always been a dream of mine to work for national media. Da, 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 da. And I didn't get a reply, which is quite common. You don't really, it wasn't, you know, he gets loads of emails. So I didn't get a reply. And I was pretty bummed about that. So like two weeks later, I emailed him again. I was like, hey, you just must be really busy. Uh, so in case you missed my email, here it is again. And he ignored me. <laughs> he totally ignored me. And then, so I was like, right, we've got none to lose now. So I just kind of, I was really just, I, I don't advise people to do this. <laughs> I was just like, can I swear? <laughs> yes. I was like, hey, asshole. <laughs> I was like, so what's up? You're ignoring my emails? This is so not cool. <laughs> and he responded. He was like, sorry, just really busy. Glad you kept on top of it, though. Meet me tomorrow for tea. And uh, So the moral of the story is always start your emails with a swear word. <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah, I don't know. I think I might even call him something worse than that. But um, he'll probably tell you a whole different story. So I met him for tea. And then that, he looked at, I met him and I was so nervous. I was like, oh my God, the photo editor, Hoppers. And I turned up with my portfolio. I'd printed out my portfolio. I'd gotten my best work together, like my best, like 20 images that showed my live work as well as my studio work. And, you know, even some random portraits and that kind of stuff. Stuff that I was really happy with at the time that I felt, you know, 
I'll probably look back on now and go, God, I was onto something there. I'm shit now. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, he looked through it. He's like, yeah, it's cool. We need, we need that kind of stuff in hot press. So will you go and photograph Roisin Murphy tonight in village? I was like, Oh my God, no, I take it back. I'm too young. I'm not ready. <laughs> um, yeah, just like that. I got the job. So I started working for hot press in third year in DIT. And, um, by the time I'd finished in fourth year, I had the decision to make, which in hindsight might have been the wrong decision, but it was to either stay on and pursue the career in media and music photography as a full-time thingy, or DIT had also quite soundly offered me this weird kind of annex master's program which was based it was like a grant scheme given to people who were working on subjects of multiculturalism and my degree show was all about Muslim women in Ireland and back then there wasn't really a lot of them so it was kind of niche um, and they saw that as a good thing so so I had the decision to make whether I go on and do a master's or whether I do um, hot press and I chose hot press. <laughs> they, you know, I think it was like time of electric picnic and they were like, we can give you tickets. <gasps> I was like, yeah, sold. Um, yeah, so that was like 2007. And how have you found um, the industry has, I suppose, changed and evolved in that time? I suppose, yeah. especially in Dublin, especially in Ireland. Have you noticed? Well, when I started um, shooting festivals, so 2006, 2006, 2007. That's like 10 years ago. Yeah, I know. It's weird to think that's 10 years ago, isn't it? Well, like, when I started shooting yeah. them, they were they were, were going a bit before that. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely like Electric Picnic and stuff. So yeah. when I went down to shoot them, um, I think there was probably around 45 people in the photographer's pit for the main gigs. And three of us went down from Hot Press, myself, Graham and Andrew, we're like the three staffers. And then there might have been just one other woman. I think Brenda from The Times was there. Um, and that was really tough to see that there was so many men and just us. And now if you go down, it's a fairly like 50-50 split. So in the space of less than 10 years, we have totally clawed our way into the music industry and there's women out there doing the jobs that men did. Now it's a different mix of people. Back then, those 45 people in that, in that photographer's pit were getting paid. Mm. And now, unfortunately, the way the whole industry has deteriorated on itself, there's probably only about 10% of those people getting paid. So it's quite disgusting to see that there's a lot of people doing that work for free. Do you think that's because um, a lot of so the publications that they're working for, a lot of the companies that they're working for are online rather than... Yeah, but just because they're online doesn't mean they don't have money. There's oh, no, exactly. But a yeah. lot of the time when they're online, they just don't pay. Yeah, some online publications yeah. do pay and they do pay quite well and they should pay because they're getting advertising revenue just as print magazines were getting advertising re revenue. Um, I think the in, the music photography business has come crashing in on itself because people didn't people don't um there's an influx of photographers with the rise of digital photography so everyone can be a photographer now and unfortunately that means there's loads more photographers so but what happens is, is people start questioning their own worth and their confidence levels. And they think, well, if I don't do this job, you know, the person next to me can do it for, you know, so I'm going to do it for free. And I'm like, well, that's, that was a slippery slope when people started doing stuff for free. And, um, like I, I was lucky enough that I never, ever worked for free. Hoppers paid me as soon as I started working for them. And now I don't think they, they do pay, you know, um, but it's never going to get better unless people start valuing their own work. So I have a little rule for people and people always ask me like, oh, when should I start charging? I'm like, well, when you're asking this question is a good time. If you have 10 images that you're proud of, that you're really proud of, that's a portfolio. Start charging, you know, and you don't have to, I'm not talking about like charging someone like a grand for a day's work or anything. I'm just talking about saying, approaching a band and going, hey, do you want to do some shots together? Or, you know, a band, if anyone ever comes to you looking for you to take photographs, it means you're good. It means you're worth it. Because they could have went to someone else, but they came to you. So just by that means, if you tell people, 
okay, but I have to charge for my work. I'm going to charge you 20 euro, 20 euro a picture, 20 euro a shoot. Or, you know, you can barter with people. I barter with people all the time for people like who make websites or people who make furniture, find things that I need. And I'm like, okay, you want me to shoot your clothing label for you? That's no bother. But can you dress me for the next month? Because, (laughs) you know. That would be great. Yeah. So there's definitely like your hairdresser. If they want pictures of models, then you get your hair done for free. Definitely bartering system. But, um, start valuing your own work if you don't value your work no one else will but um definitely set some kind of a price otherwise you're just you're just crushing the entire industry and making it harder for everyone else it seems to be a huge problem um i think for i suppose being if we're just going to talk about the the music industry itself is like what i found with musicians and photographers is that it's just not sustainable because you end up giving yourself away for free a lot of the time and whatever way you earn your money takes up that time if it's not uh, creative and then you spend your other time working for free Mm. so it's just not sustainable everything comes crashing down yeah even with bands what I hear like how little they get paid or they get paid with beer yeah and then they you know they're trying to pay for petrol money for like equipment for hiring oh there's equipment. so much there's insurance just, there's loads. i mean people just aren't valuing the arts unfortunately it was like probably a sign of the recession as well that the arts mm. are the first thing to get affected and when it actually it's it's what people need but it isn't sustainable at all because not only is it not financially viable and it's not you know it's it's not it's also crushing their soul which is devastating to people so when you're not paying this person to be creative and to give you something that you know that no one else can create and you're telling them that it's not worth 20 euro then that's that's crushing that's horrible that's really really horrible I mean I go out there every day and I create something new and I add something to the world whether I do it physically or digitally I am making something that wasn't there yesterday so today I did a shoot with someone I took about a thousand photographs. Those thousand photographs didn't exist yesterday. So I should be getting something for creating this art that that person can then go on and use forever and ever and ever, but use in so many different ways. So, I mean, it's just really frustrating when you get the email from someone, hey, we'd love you to be part of this project. You seem like a really good photographer for us. This is amazing. We love your work. We follow you on Instagram. And then you're like, oh, I love this project. This is really nice. I'm free. I'd love to be part of it. And then they're like, great. Only thing is we don't have a budget. I'm like, I bet you're getting paid though. You know, whoever it is sending you that email, whatever PR company or anything it is sending, I'm like, I bet you're getting paid. I bet you the sound engineer is getting paid. I bet you the waiting staff are getting paid. I bet you everybody else in that building is getting paid, yet you don't have a budget for the photographer. So that's when you just have to say no. I suppose it's also important to state the reason yeah. why you're saying no. Oh, my emails are fierce. <laughs> Lengthy things all together. It's like capital letters, like, bitch, man, pay me. <laughs> swearing always worked for me <laughs> it really does but there's times when I like write emails back to people and I'm so frustrated like I get it all the time people are like oh we loved your images so we put them in our ad campaign they're amazing I'm like oh thanks you didn't tell me now I have to charge you um, so you like why don't you just get really annoyed but people take photography for granted they people they, they don't see it as stealing they're like but I'm in the photo surely it's mine I'm like no it's not people People, bands especially, they just don't know. They're a bit clueless. They're kind of copying on these days because I have so many rants on Twitter and stuff. But yeah, just because you're in the photograph doesn't mean you own it. I think that's um, like a bad side effect with um, Facebook is like yeah. as well. When you post stuff on your like photography page and then a band may just pluck that and may, oh, yeah. you know, put it as their profile picture, crop out the watermark. And then you're like, look, everything I put out yeah. there is an example of my work is is a way for me to be hired, basically. Yeah. And when you do not credit me, when you crop out my watermark, yeah. you're just taking that from me and yeah. you're stealing my work. And it's so frustrating. And I don't understand how people cannot see that. Yeah, I mean, those same bands that get really annoyed when you use their track and put it on a YouTube ad. <laughs> so they just have to see it like they just they're just a bit ignorant to it and not in a really mean sense at all they just don't know and normally normally nine times out of ten when you call a band on and go hey listen dude it's a scratch your back kind of industry if you just link me in that picture that's all I care about like and then they'll be like oh sorry totally didn't realize and then you get the one band that are just like but it's ours like it's not yours oh I'm gonna own you now (laughs) that's that's when I get angry so it's like be nice the nice approach works most of the time but yeah 
just going to talk a little bit like um about block tea closing like as as we're talking about like the, the industry declining a little mm. bit and maybe lack of support for for the arts um were you ever in there? Like, did you ever have a studio in there or anything like that? No, oh, I wasn't no. part of Block T. I think I'm really bad. Because you're it. new in this studio, aren't you? You're just moved yeah, in. Yeah, my studio is open only, like, really since the start of the year. Um, wow. But I've had studios everywhere. But yeah. normally, like, this, is my, this is my third or fourth studio. Um, my first studio was, like, in my apartment, kind of, you know, it was small and since then it's kind of grown but I had a I had like a family portrait studio before I had with them um, with a partner of mine but like they were like commercial places I've never actually been part of an artist community collective type thing before this studio is Mart you yeah. know the guys that run the firehouse in in Rathmines and stuff and it they kind of held the space for me because they knew I was looking for a studio and they thought That's it great. was perfect and it is perfect it's great for what it's I need so nice it's like it's just there's so much space in so many different rooms yeah it's my it's little cozy my little space yeah yeah and it's been really fun actually for the last few weeks because before I did the women of notes we had um a Bowie thing going on so that was great <laughs> that was in the ticket wasn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so the, the Irish Times have been great to me, actually. But um, yeah, the Bowie thing. So I've just had pretty much every Irish musician through the doors. Yeah. The and it's become known as like the music photography studio, which is great, yeah. you know. But And all these musicians are coming in going, this is way nicer than any of our rehearsal yeah. spaces. And people just end up on the sofa for about six years after the photo shoot, just drinking <laughs> wine and chatting. Like, okay. If you're comfy or here, that's fine. But yeah, I guess um, Marth are doing a really great job in terms of taking over buildings and giving them to artists and that kind of stuff because this is a unit and there's I think there's eight other units in the building I obviously well actually this is three units I took but um, (laughs) (laughs) I just kind of decided to take over the place Um, but yeah it's it's kind of nice to be part of something bigger so the exhibition is in another Mart building as well so that's 34 is actually a Mart space is it yeah and I didn't know that Laura the milliner she's a Mart yeah um, yeah so every, everybody's we all kind of know each other now it's like it's really cool like recording studios in that building Francesco and Sean are down there like there's loads of it's weird it just shows that the that Dublin is so small that everybody does know each other and and although we weren't involved in Block T, we kind of have our own little thing going on now. But it is sad to see something, a space like that closed down. Because I just moved to Dublin like two months ago. So I wasn't like familiar with Block T at all, mm. other than what I saw online and, and, yeah. and they, the work they did. And it was definitely on my list of like places to like check out. Yeah. And like, I feel like it just, I don't even know what it was, if you know what I mean. I don't it's really know what it was. It it just I don't I didn't know anyone that was there. Yeah. You know, I think it was just a whole different group of people that totally. were maybe they weren't musicians because it seems to be that all the only people I really know are musicians. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe they there wasn't any musicians in there. More fine artists. I know there was a couple of uh, I know there's a few journalists had a couple of the hot desks and stuff. Um, but I don't I didn't actually know of anyone in there myself. So I kind of felt a bit alienated from it and maybe yeah. not really. I don't know. No, I don't know. It had nothing to do with me. So I'm like, oh, okay. Sad to see it go. <laughs> totally. But things like that will pop up again, though. You can't yeah. really dwell on that too much. Yeah, rates go up, but then that's your time to move out and find somewhere else and go where the next space is. And it's disappointing when you've put so much work and effort into a building. Like I did that in here. I came in and I completely gutted the place and I painted every room and did I put you? my stamp on it. Yeah. But if I had to move out here, you know, in a month, I'd be like, I'd be devastated. But I also know that unfortunately and you know when you're you're getting cheap rents and you're part of you you know we're not exactly in a posh area here or anything I can't be too fussy so I have to move I have to move and that kind of what gives you a little bit of a an edge to you you're like no okay just keep going just evolve just you know I think the arts will always evolve and just be resilient and keep going hopefully (laughs) (laughs) fingers crossed yeah uh so what's the next year gonna bring more women of notes more More women well loads of women loads of women all the women i'm a woman (laughs) yay Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah phase two of the project is going to go it's going to get off the ground really soon i'm going to start photographing that which is all the women of the industry so 
Behind the scenes. Behind the scenes women. So we do have a lot of women behind the scenes here in Ireland. I mean, our tour managers, do you know our tour managers make their stamp across all of Ireland because they're the most fierce women ever? So like they take big bands all around the world and you're like, yeah, awesome. Tiny women taking over the world. So tour managers, guitar techs, sound engineers, um, pretty much, you know, everyone, bookers, promoters, we've loads of women in PR, anybody that works in the music industry. I'm going to go photograph them, take the portraits. Louise is going to do her thing as well. And then um, we were going to put that in the show, but the show, is, the show is ever evolving as well. And the next part of it means that when it's taken out of 34, that those actual pieces are going to travel in their own little way to little art centers and things. But they're going to be reprinted as massive, big six-foot portraits and travel to music festivals. Yeah, wow. big part of the project. My most important thing with this project is that music fans who might not know that these jobs exist, let alone that women are doing them, that they become aware. So it's like increasing knowledge. So I want people, I want women to know that you can be a guitar tech. You can be a sound engineer. You can be a lighting engineer. You can be a stage manager. You can do all of these things. These jobs exist and women can do it. So the only way for me to do that is to take it out of the the photography community and bring it to the music community so music festivals that is such a great idea yeah. and then hopefully wait to see it. <laughs> hopefully it's going to be in schools because like i said when i was 12 i didn't know music photography was a job i was told that photography was a boys club and i really shouldn't do it so i always then i looked at my brother and was like well if he can do it i can do it so I, you know i did it but like there's a lot of girls out there that would kind of go oh no you know a guitar tech is for boys you know or you know drum tech is for boys i can't do that you know so yeah it's important for me to bring the project to schools so hopefully well you know how underfunded the arts are <laughs> <laughs> but if we do manage to get our funding sorted and stuff then i would love this to tour schools and then it's going to finish next year in March 2017 with hopefully a run in a big gallery where everything that we've shot for the whole three years or for the whole year, the three, pro- <laughs> the three projects, getting ahead of myself, uh, the, three pro- the three parts, so the musicians, the industry and then more musicians um, will be exhibited in a massive show and maybe even a book. I know sounds so good when I say it like that it but when it's I actually, totally made for a book I can imagine yeah. it in my hands like flicking through with all I the text I can imagine it too it's yeah. just the actual work yeah. oh you can I don't do know. it don't know you're a woman you can do it I'm, really? I'm gonna be grey and old and just I'm gonna be so haggard I'm gonna age 10 years in a year but it'll be worth it hopefully I can't wait Ooh, me too. I'm sure everyone can't wait to see the progress and if you want to hear any more as well about the project you can look up Ruth's website which is rootlessimagery.com yeah. there's also a womenofnotes.ie and they've got all the the Twitter handle and the Facebook page and the Instagram so women of notes if you want to see the projects and then obviously I'm just ruthless imagery everywhere as well awesome thank you so much Ruth it's Thanks, been really Ruth. interesting it's been fun I love talking to myself <laughs> thank you thanks for listening everybody till next time Bye.